Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello, and welcome to Maintain the Flame today. I'm your host, Keith Collins, and I'm blessed to know that you are listening today. Not sure where you're at, but wherever you're at, I pray that what you're about to hear will encourage you, that it will challenge you, that it will bless you, and that because of our time together today, you will grow deeper in your walk with Jesus and that your hunger for Him will increase exponentially. Amen. Well, listen, the last couple of weeks I've actually used pre-recorded programs. Um, This is primarily due to the fact that my, my wife, Darla, had to go through a pretty intense eye surgery. Actually, both her eyes um, had surgery, and or they did surgery on both of her eyes, excuse me. And the process was pretty intense and about a five-hour procedure, and um, she was actually beginning to lose a lot of her vision, and over the last year has lost about 35% of her vision. Prior to that, her vision was somewhat limited anyhow due to a condition that she's had since she was a child. Her mother had the same condition. So anyhow, we, we, we're praying, believing for a miracle, still believing for a miracle, but she did go through the procedure and came out pretty well. And actually, some of the pain is beginning to subside, and she's beginning to regain some of her vision back. So we're just in faith, believing that God's going to completely heal her eyes, recreate her eyes, restore her vision, and that she'll have many, many more years of sight um, as the Lord continues to use her life as he's done so powerfully for so many years. So those that know about this and you have prayed, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and really from the bottom of Darla's heart. We've had so many friends literally around the world that have contacted us and that have been such a blessing. We've had folks, somebody, one of our daughters set up a GoFundMe account because there's a lot of this stuff that's not going to be covered through insurance or anything. And so there's, you know, there's um, people that have been giving through a GoFundMe account. And again, we just want to say we love you guys so much and we thank you, thank you, thank you for praying for Darla and for standing with us and for all the messages that we've received. Again, we just want to say we so appreciated and again she's doing she's doing good she's recovering fine so i did want to make a couple of announcements before i go into some of the things that i want to share today 
Um, you know, we're kind of in the process of revamping some things here at Generation Impact Ministries and Impact Global Fellowship, and I'm kind of trying to really ramp some things up. We're going to launch our YouTube channel, hopefully within the next two to three weeks. And um, we're actually, we have a YouTube channel, but we're going to begin to offer our podcast via YouTube and begin to kind of go that route as we believe that will be beneficial. Another thing that's real important, we actually changed the primary address for our ministry website for Generation Impact Ministries. And now you can find us at keithcollins.net. That's keithcollins.net. On this site, you'll be able to kind of look at our itinerary. You'll be able to read articles. You can access our, 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 our books that we sell. Um, and also, in the very near future, we are in the process of designing a part of the site for our impact partners. An impact partner is someone that commits to, um, to support us for $25 or more a month. And by doing that, we just want to offer something special. We're going to have a private podcast that will be available as well as e-courses that we will be doing to really just try to bless those that 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 are standing with us. And, you know, we're around the world now. We were in the Philippines recently. I was in Italy recently on the island of Sicily and got some other trips coming up in the near future back to West Africa and different parts of the world. And uh, as you know, it, it does cost to do these things, but we know that God has called us to do them. So again, we'll be updating that website, but check it out, keithcollins.net. You can go there now. Um, you can give on that site. Again, there's articles, free articles that you can read, and I believe it'll be a blessing to you. Another thing I wanted to announce is that we have our annual Impact Global Fellowship conference coming up in October, October 19th through the 21st in Dothan, Alabama. Those night services will be open to anyone who can get there. And again, they start at 7 p.m. But you can you can go to impactgf.org. That's our website for for our apostolic network. And we have a network of church leaders, business leaders, missionaries, just amazing people that are really fulfilling the Great Commission around the world. And so let me encourage you to visit that. Also, if you're interested in becoming one of our affiliates, you know, maybe you have a call of God upon your life to um, maybe to plant a church. Maybe you have an apostolic calling, maybe an evangelistic call, whatever that calling is. Or it could be that God's called you to the marketplace and you have an entrepreneurial type drive in you and the Lord's gifted you in business um, or maybe you're called to be a missionary maybe to America maybe to South America maybe to West Africa um, uh, interior Africa Asia wherever but but if you're interested we are really a family of of amazing leaders who love each other we support each other many of us are connected um, and we've been connected for many years. Some of us go back to the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola, Florida, that broke out in 1995 and went to 2000. And um, you know, I was I, I became a leader at the school and the church there towards um, the end of that revival. And anyway, so we have deep relationships with with several folks. As so some of those folks 
are from that era, but we've got other people that have come on to be a part of us. And again, we're not a denomination. We're a family, and we're, we are a, a group of people that, that love the Lord, that are hungry for revival, that believe in prayer, that believe in preaching the gospel with that compromise, that, that believe in, in taking care of one another, and we believe in relational ministry. So if you're interested, go to impactgf.org. There is an application there. We just ask you to fill that out so that we can know who you are. And it does help to have references. And oftentimes, many people that connect with us, they do it by way of relationships that they have that maybe we're connected with. But but anyway, if you're interested in that, please check that out. And um, we would love to um, love to meet you and love to talk to you. Amen. So listen, um, I am... I'm actually encouraged today, believe it or not. I know there's a lot going on. Um, it is um, Tuesday here in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, Tuesday, and and I'm recording this in my office. It's or I'm sorry, it's August the 22nd, and tomorrow I know there's a a presidential debate with the GOP, the the Republican candidates. Several of those guys will be up there on stage in Milwaukee debating. And and so we look at the condition of our world. We look at politics. We look at crime. We look at the, the, the drug addictions that we see in this hour. We look at broken homes. We look at the, the murder rate, all these type of things. And it, it's somewhat staggering, to be honest with you. If you just... If you just look and see the condition of our world, it can actually be daunting and even depressing, to be honest with you. However, as you know, we are believers in Jesus Christ. We believe that the Word of God is alive, it's powerful, it's real. And because of that, we have a different paradigm. We have a different perspective. And and I want to just kind of come from that angle today because I'm, I'm convinced that that we are, again, we are in a very opportune time for the Lord to move in power and to raise up a generation. And I want to talk to you tonight or today about something that I simply want to just call um, generational vision. Generational vision. And what does it mean to have a vision? I'm not talking about um, just a good idea. I'm not talking about a pipe dream. I'm talking about when the Lord instills something into our heart. That could be to maybe be an evangelist, or maybe that vision is to um, to start a business that can support missions overseas or even here in America. Maybe that that vision is to plant a church or to plant churches. Whatever that that vision is, um, if God instills that vision within you, and if God makes that vision real to you, then 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 I want to say that it's bigger than you and. What I found out about vision is there's no way that I could have ever fulfilled what God has called me to do in my own strength, with my own um, knowledge and wisdom and all these things. It has always taken the grace of God as well as others that would come alongside of the vision to walk with us. And it's always just taken supernatural provision to do what God has called us to do. Let me give you a, a very common example of what I'm talking about that's very real to me right now. Um, the Lord spoke to our hearts about a property that we have in Moravian Falls, North Carolina, and really put it upon our hearts to build a facility there where we can bring leaders together to train, to equip, 
to, to bring them into deeper places of prayer and intercession, to have prophetic presbytery over their lives and over their ministries, and to even refresh people that are out doing the work of the Lord, missionaries, leaders. So, so we have an amazing vision, and the property has been acquired. Some of the stuff's been done, but, but we know that we're going to need, you know, a lot of money. We're going to need several hundred thousand dollars to fulfill the vision that the Lord has called us to fulfill. Now, we don't have the cash on hand. To be honest with you, I don't even want to go get a loan from a bank. We know that this is God's vision, and with vision, there's provision, and God supernaturally provides in ways that are beyond our understanding. And we've already begun to see the Lord just have people say, hey, we'll do this part, or maybe we could help here. And so, you know, we've had like seven or eight different um, people or, or leaders said, hey, we can commit to help in this area. At the same time, we also know that we need finances, we need laborers, but it's God's vision. And, you know, so when I tell you that, um, a vision is more than just a good idea and a pipe dream. It literally kind of begins to own you. You don't just own the vision, but the vision owns you. When God births something in your spirit, it's bigger than you. It's it's beyond you. And that's how oftentimes I've been able to tell when something is really of God because I, I can stand back and I can say, there's no way that Keith Collins could do that in and of himself. But with God, all things are possible, especially if it's born of God to begin with. So I, I want to say that because here's what I want to tell you. It is incumbent upon us to instill the vision of the Lord into the next generation. Now, by that, I mean our walk with God and as well as the ministries that, that God has given us. You know, one of the passions in my heart at this stage in my life, and I'm 55 years old, um, and, and one of the passions I have is to see ministries health or have a healthy succession plan in other words there's a lot of the the baby boomers that are begin to age beginning to age out some are going to be with the lord and um you know many of them have planted great ministries whether it be churches or or missions movements or or um you know apostolic type strategies um or strategic um, ministries where the Lord's used them in different nations, but it would be a sad thing for those ministries just to to dry up. So the Lord's really put it upon my heart to to pray into helping others with the succession plan. In other words, to hand down to the next generation the vision that God birthed in the prior generation. And let me read some scripture to you because I I believe this gives even greater insight into this. So Psalm 71, 18, some, some scholars believe David wrote Psalm 71, but there is some questioning. There's, um, you know, there's not a surety about this, but it, listen to Psalm 71, 18. It said, so even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. So Lord, don't forsake me. Don't let me lose my mind. Don't let me lose my faculties. Don't let me lose my cognition. But Lord, let me proclaim to another generation your mighty works, your mighty power. Let me instill even the vision of God into the next generation. Uh, Another passage here, Psalm 145 and 4, and many believe that David did write this, but the psalmist says, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty 
Acts. Now, I'm, I'm sharing this because I want you to hear my heart today. I understand that there are grave concerns with the younger generations. I, I understand that. Even in the church, and, and I'm going to be real honest with you here, um, we have seen a, a movement in the church in recent, really the last maybe two decades, where there's been a very strong push to to grow big ministries and to grow big churches. And sometimes this comes at the cost of compromising the gospel in order to make people feel comfortable in a religious type setting. Now listen, we're the most loving, compassionate, long-suffering, merciful people on the earth, or we should be if we're followers of Jesus. That's who Jesus is. At the same time, friend, truth is the only thing that sets the captives free. You you can't come with a, a watered-down version of Christianity and expect the lost to be saved, expect the demoniac to be delivered, expect the depressed to enter joy. In other words, it's the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the, the cross of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus, the coming back of Jesus, and everything that's connected to that. So um, lives of righteousness and purity fueled through intimacy with Jesus. So when we hide these things from people, then we're literally hindering them from really knowing the Lord. And, and I'm convinced, unfortunately, that there are many people sitting in religious facilities every Sunday that have never had an encounter with Jesus. So my prayer is the prayer of the psalmist, Lord, let me declare your mighty works to the next generation. I don't want to just teach people how to preach and show people how to do church and how to get a budget together and all and, and all these things, you know, they might even be necessary in certain settings. I understand that. But but without vision, vision connected to intimacy with Jesus being handed down to the next generation, without generational vision, then friend, we we oftentimes end up becoming nimble and weak and emaciated, and there's no power, there's no demonstration, there's no passion, there's no prayer, there's no soul winning, there's no heart for missions, and we just become uh, a fat social club, just consumed with ourselves, with no true fruit, and I'm convinced that God has a people in the earth right now. Matter of fact, I know it. Listen, I went to Asbury back in February when God was moving there among the student body. And I was there the second week. It started on a Wednesday. I was there the following Wednesday. And the thing that blessed me the most, I mean, clearly the the tangible presence of God was evident. And it was a very precious, holy, holy setting. And it was just beautiful to be there. And I, I you know, I just... I soaked in that, and the Lord even stirred my heart even greater than I already was was stirred. But the thing that blessed me the most was not the fact that there was a bunch of preachers there, but the thing that blessed me was the fact that there were many young people and young adults, college-age students, and those in their you know late teens and, and 20s, and broken before God, some weeping, some worshiping, some crying, some standing up and repenting. I mean, it was a beautiful thing, and my heart was encouraged. Listen, God is not done with the younger generations, and here's what I believe. I believe that there are messengers, there are holy prophetic messengers that God is waking up right now. Listen, when I was born again in January the, on January the 24th of 1985, I, 
I did not have a, an understanding of what it meant to burn with the purposes of Jesus. But the Lord, through about a three-and-a-half-hour encounter in a little country church in North Florida, near Tallahassee, Florida, a little place called Otter Creek Community Church, that night, that Friday night, the Lord arrested my heart. I didn't go to that church trying to get saved. I was actually drunk and high when I got there. I was on the way to a party, and I had kind of had a dare to come to this revival meeting from a, a, a young man that was in the church there. I stopped by to, to say hey to him and then to go down to a party at the beach, but the Lord arrested my heart, and the fire of God overtook me. I was so gloriously transformed and my heart for Jesus was awakened in such a way that I've never ever ever been the same again and I'm convinced that God's going to do that in this generation matter of fact he's already doing I was recently um, um, I was recently a speaker at an event that I've been connected with for 16 years. A dear friend of mine, Mike Robinson and his wife Sandy, they're apostolic and pastoral leaders in Western Maryland. And they, they have an event every year in July called Firebrand. And at this event, hundreds of people come in, primarily young people. There's some middle-aged and even older, but I would say 70% are probably from the ages of maybe 11, 12 years old up to like 25, 28 years old. But as we gathered this year, you know, it's interesting because all the leaders that spoke, and I spoke in the um, the last meeting there, but we all felt this identity thing on us. In other words, to prophesy the identity of these firebrands that God is waking up, that God is raising up, that in the midst of suicide, in the midst of addiction, in the midst of transgender dysphoria, in the midst of all the perversion and the craziness that we are seeing in our generation, that God is awakening young people, young adults, youth, and he is overwhelming them with his love, with his glory, with his holiness with his fire and he's going to put prophetic utterance in their lives in their hearts but listen to me it is so important that we as leaders and listen i'm not an old old man but i'm not 25 or 35 or even 45 anymore and i'm you know somehow i got to this age of 55 i've got eight grandchildren three grown daughters and i've you know been in ministry now for over 37 years and listen to me I know that a primary calling upon my life right now is to make sure that I'm giving myself to these young, radical leaders and prophetic people that God is awakening and raising up. And listen, the visions that God has given me, I must instill them into the next generation. What does it mean to be apostolic? Apostolic means to be a fatherly type um, person with the ability to implement strategy, but also to instill a walk with God into the next generation. If you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, he was not just out there winging it and doing ministry. He was planting churches, but also raising up and planting people in those churches. He would plant a church and he would raise up elders, qualified men and women. Some of them, probably many of them were very young. We look at the life of Timothy. And I know we look at First and Second Timothy and even Titus, and we call those the pastoral epistles. I've taught on these letters several times in a collegiate setting, and I've always believed that these are really apostolic letters. And as we look at the life of Timothy especially, he was clearly flowing in the role of an apostle, even though he had pastoral qualities. But, but the Lord would use Paul to challenge him 
to encourage him, to speak into his identity, to, to, to love him as a father would love a son. And listen, when I look at that example, I'm saying, God, wake up the gray hairs, Lord. Wake up the ball hair, the ball-headed ones, Lord. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Wake up those that, that have tenure in the Lord, that have history in God. Lord, we can't just go out there and have our own little ministries and and do what we do and forget about instilling vision into the next generation. But listen, I'm convinced with all of my heart that we are seeing a quick thing, a, a sudden type thing happening where God is arresting young people, young adults. And again, I, I'm calling you today, if you're a father in the faith, if you're a mother in the faith, father well, mother well. Listen, the Lord spoke to my heart at the beginning of this year. I was preaching at a church in West Virginia in a night meeting, a Sunday night, and the Lord spoke to my heart that your role, your calling is to father well. Listen, I've not been a perfect father in the natural. You know, I, I got married when I was 17, had my first baby at the age of 18. And again, we've we've got three grown daughters and I'm sure I made mistakes. I know I did. Everybody makes mistakes. But at this season in my life, I want to father my natural children well. I want to father my great grand or my grandchildren well. And I might have great grandchildren one day, but but I also want to father spiritual children well. Friend, listen to me. It's not enough just to 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 leave this earth one day and have books. I've written three books. I'm writing another one right now. It's not enough for me to have um, just, you know, uh, a history of ministry. I've preached in so many nations, and I've helped start ministry schools in different countries and was blessed to be um, a leader at the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry and Fire School of Ministry for several years here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I thank God for the, I don't know how many times, but thousands of times that I have preached over the years and taught the word of God. But listen to me, I don't want to go to my grave and my history simply to be that he was a preacher, he was a teacher, he was an author, he was an itinerant speaker, he was a pastor, I pastored a few churches, he planted a church. All, all that's fantastic. But listen, my passion and my drive is this. He had sons and daughters who burn for Jesus. He had sons and daughters in the natural as well as in the spiritual. Spiritual sons and daughters who refused to compromise their walk with God, who refused to compromise their prayer life, who refused to be bought by the spirit of this age, who refused to allow money or opportunity to sway them from preaching the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Young people that that know Jesus and that walk in His glory, in His power, in his authority friend that that's my passion that's 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 where i'm at at this season in my life and listen there's there's vision that has to be handed down to the next generation i don't know where you're at today you're listening to this maybe you're a pastor maybe you're a young person and you're hearing this or a young adult and maybe your heart is burning as you're listening to this let me tell you something connect yourself to real people of God. We don't have time to play church. This is not about production and entertainment and just excellence. Understand excellence and there's a place for that. But listen, connect your people yourself to, to a leader or leaders or people that burn for Jesus, a people that are known as people of prayer, people that are not ashamed of the gospel, people that get in the streets and preach Jesus, people that go to the mission field and take the gospel into the darkest places of the world. Friend, that
Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins. I want to ask you to please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then please subscribe and listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about my ministry, please go to keith-collins.org or impactgf.org.